And I'm Kristen. And we are the Extra Sisters. So sit back, relax, and let's get creepy. Welcome to another hype episode. You're welcome. And thank you because we're getting new movies. Yay! We don't get to go see them, but you know what? This is just what we have to accept now because it is what it is. Right. Also, I would like to give a quick shout out to my people in Texas. I love y'all. And all my family and friends are there. As y'all know, I'm from Dallas. I born and raised in a little town about 20 miles outside of Dallas. And my mother lives there, my brother, and like all my friends pretty much. So they are really going through it. And I've actually cried quite a bit just talking to them and knowing that my mom and brother and all my friends are alone, some of them without power for days on end it's just awful and what the power companies not company power companies but i think it's called incod is specifically doing to them is awful and yeah it's it's terrible so i just wanted to give a, before we start my heart is with y'all i know yeah. by the time this comes out you should hopefully things start getting back to normal because the temperatures are on the rise again you know but i know it's been rough and i know there's not much we can do but We've been really thinking about you. We've talked about you every single day. So, Yeah, we also, I think we have a couple patrons out there too. So good luck. Stay warm, you guys. I think we, we have another storm coming too. So prepare Whoa. while you can. Yeah, I know there's not much Texas can do because yeah. they're just not built like that. You know, and that's another thing. Like everybody was making fun of them, like other northern states and even like some some people that I work with out here and I was, I literally got so defensive. I was like, you don't get it. It's not the same or they're not built for that though. Like it's not that they just can't do it. It's that they, they don't have the resources to do it. You know? Right. No, I am full on making fun of them. Not the people, the fucking politicians that make these fucking choices that are getting people killed. I'll make fun of you all fucking day long. Oh, you don't think that climate change is a real thing or global warming's coming? Ah ha ha but you're getting a lot of fucking people killed and that's terrible. No. Yeah. Make fun of that. And like criticize that all day, every day. It's just like the people and the cities are not prepared for that. The houses are built differently. The, you know, the, they prioritize AC, not furnaces, you know, like it's just so sad and it's been such a sad situation and online, you know, the North, and the northern cities and then we're in the mountains are constantly trying to one up the south like get over it no no like seriously if this was happening up here in the mountains we'd be fucked too like you know it's awful and it's funny because my boss is kind of a he's not like a prepper like a full-on prepper but he (laughs) he does get a little tinfoil hat sometimes you know Kristen can attest yeah yeah and when this all started and I was telling him about this, that motherfucker went out and put a generator. Yes. And a wood stove. I knew it. I fucking knew it. He was like, not me, not my house. 
And I was yeah, like, but that's because he's rich. Like that's this is once again a problem of the haves and the haves have nots. We are living in another gilded age of the 1920s. Because yes, I'm sure there are rich people in Texas right now buying their generators, or they already have them, and they're nice and toasty warm. It's the poor people that are fucked. I don't, I don't know how true this was, but my brother was like, nah, I don't think that's true. I don't fucking know, man. Like, I think this is true because. I saw a power map of the city of Dallas, of all the outages, which were everywhere, Mm -hmm. except this little triangle of Woodland Park and Preston Hollow. Sorry, not Woodland Park. That's fucking here. Highland Park. (laughs) Highland Park. And that is where fucking Jerry Jones lives. And Kristen, Jerry Jones owns the Dallas Cowboys. And Preston Preston Hollow is where George W. Bush lives. Their fucking power wasn't out dude like the rich people have got to start seeing the signs i'm sorry there are too many have nots and not enough haves for you to do this anymore people are dying and freezing to death in their own homes this is not going to be okay this is going to be bad well and like you know my brother was like no i don't think that's true i was like why but like even if it wasn't though why would that be so hard to believe because that's literally the way this shit works oh yeah that's not hard to believe these were controlled outages why would you think that that jerry jones or george w fucking bush couldn't make a goddamn call and keep that power on he they control all of that exactly especially when you told me before this that they're going to be charging people which is just absolutely ridiculous when you don't even have power constantly you you cannot be fucking charging people this shit but they're going to be charging people like crazy amounts like nine grand i'm sure the owner of the dallas cowboys can fucking afford that shit Oh, he doesn't fucking care. They probably yeah. not even gonna get charged those rates. They're like right, exactly. absolutely, Mister Jones. Oh, you gave us free tickets. Thank you. He's like Dallas royalty, you know. It's disgusting. Yeah. So I, you know, what's a funny story about that? This motherfucker. This is just gonna be a rant episode. <laughs> I'm so, well, oh, you just y'all just bug. We, we're talking about Saint Maud, by the way. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> This motherfucker. So his grandson, I may have brought this up in an episode, but it's been, we're going on our 30 years. So I don't fucking remember. My brother went to, we went to, lived in a smallish town. It's growing, but small-ish compared to especially like Dallas and some of the bigger cities around us. Only two high schools. And the second high school only opened my junior year. We were a one high school town up until that point. His son's or his grandson's high school played my brother's high school. Instead of just driving, they took the helicopter. Who? The Dallas Cowboys guy? The Dallas Cowboys owner's grandson played my brother's (laughs) high school. Dallas is 20 miles. They could have driven the limo, but no, no. They took the helicopter because there's a bunch of land around. They fucking took the helicopter. That is the problem that I'm I'm talking about. The the money problem is getting to be so big. So big because that's that's disgusting. Class warfare man. Yep. Exactly. Ooh, but I'm sorry, I'm going to say it because this also happened today just as we're recording this. Rush Limbaugh died. I'm just going to leave that there. It was so funny because I was listening to NPR on my way home today. <laughs> and they were like 
Rush Limbaugh has passed away. His wife came out with a statement talking about his big personality and he, his battle with lung cancer. And then they went on for like 20 minutes to talk about all the terrible things he's done in his entire <laughs> life. It was I like, love NPR. Yeah, it was like, you know, they were being kind of respectful, but then they went on to say about how he demeaned women and <laughs> queer people and he compared feminists and even like anti-smoking people to Nazis. And then they were like, and then he got lung cancer. <laughs> I was Con- like, hmm. Connor sent me a little thing that came from Reddit and it was just, it was, it was a avatar picture of a black man. And all he was saying was Rush Limbaugh died in Black History Month. And I laughed my ass off. Listen, listen. I just felt bad for Satan. I was like, ooh. <laughs> like, that's going to be loud down there tonight, man. Right. And these people think that they're going to be in God's good graces after they've been racist, xenophobic, homophobic. Yeah. And speaking of, we're going to talk about God. Yeah, I was going to say that's actually a pretty good segue into our, you know, religion bashing potential of a movie. <laughs> Saint Maud is a film that was made in 2020 that just released and it is on demand. Saint Maud was made actually in 2019 and just released, actually released date January 29th, 2021. You can get it on Sling or, you know, however you get movies. <laughs> and because of course nothing's really coming out. This is an A24 form an a24 film which y'all know i am just a slut for a24 <laughs> like y'all should put me on the fucking payroll like that's I should... why i put this God. on the list we had to do it it's a well it looks possessiony from the trailer kind of ish you know, and then a24 yeah. we had to do it for you well yes thank you because <laughs> if if a24 ever gets just a little like small wind of our podcast i want fucking <laughs> critic releases i give everything high ratings i don't think we've ever watched something a24 except for one except for black coat's daughter which i was kind of like eh, it was okay i liked it but it you know it wasn't like way up even their non-horror like oh, swiss army man I fucking mm-hmm. love that movie so like everything they've ever done chef's kiss <laughs> so yes would like to Y'all just start tweeting at them that, like, we just A24. (laughs) But anyways, this is an A24 film, and this is an interesting one. It's not very long. It's about an hour 24. I was so scared to watch this movie. A patron actually sent us a message before I watched this saying that she watched it. And it was Vanessa, I believe, sent us a message. And she was like, wow. And I was like, oh, no. (laughs) so scared because if you look if you google it on google images there's just like an image of her screaming and levitating and there's a bunch of crosses and i was like oh god right exactly and like blood all over her face i was like this is gonna fuck me up and (laughs) it didn't it was it's an incredibly introspective piece on religion and mental illness i'm going to start with a trigger warning There is a major heavy self-harm theme through this entire film. So we are going to openly discuss self-harm. And if that is something that bothers you or triggers you, I would like you to skip this because that is actually something that I have struggled with in my past. And I know how triggering that can be. It's not something that their main character does specifically to 
hurt herself because she it's tied to religion yes and her belief in god and what god is telling her to do but it is still discussion of self-harm so if that triggers you i would like you to skip this episode so there is also a you know trigger warning scene of rape in the movie so if you're not cool with that maybe skip this one it's not incredibly graphic either no it's just definitely like starts out consensual and then changes to non-consensual right so but not like in a super loud it's death but it's still definitely like you shouldn't have fucking kept going you know right exactly she definitely said no yeah so those are your trigger warnings for this episode and here we go all right so we have this nurse her name is katie except she assumes the identity uh well an identity an alias basically she doesn't like steal someone's identity of Maud, and that is our saint Maud character and right in the very beginning she fails to save the life of a patient and that basically starts her religious journey you know it's kind of one of those things where some people have this are like raised in religion and it's just a part of them and then some people have that event of finding religion and this was her event Yes, and she goes with Catholicism, which, just an aside, I found very interesting because y'all know that Amanda and I both struggle with the religion, and she has, you know, changed to atheist, and I'm still always going, yeah, I'm still Catholic, but I have all these other beliefs, and now I'm starting to veer away from Catholicism as I'm watching this character veer into it, and I'm like, oh, that's interesting, interesting. Yeah, and, like, I even, I think that when you have been Okay, this is a super hot take, and I'm not saying I necessarily agree with it, but I was listening to this atheist creator that I don't typically listen to, but anytime I find a new atheist creator, 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 I always listen to them. There are some atheist creators that I do not recommend because some of them are major dickbags. <laughs> this person said that they believe bringing children up, I would honestly like to get Connor's opinion on this, Kristen. Bringing children up in a religion is child abuse because they cannot gain the ability to think for themselves typically when they are indoctrinated at such a young age. And if they try to, as an adult, it comes with major identity crisis and trauma like I'm experiencing right now. And they oftentimes can't won't or just don't break out of that identity that is shoved down their throats at such a young age so this person believes that it is the only ethical choice to wait until they are of some age like 16 to introduce them to religion and let them make their own decision just like you would you know like I know this is not a great example but like I won't like take my this is so I'm going to piss some people off, but like, I'm not going to get my baby's ears pierced, for example. I'm just going to let them make that decision for them, you know, or, or something like that. But, you know, but because religion is something like I've always struggled with that because it was shoved out, like I was raised in it. So I think that even though I'm accepting this atheistic approach, it's always in the back of my mind that I'm mm-hmm. going to hell, you know? Yes. Well, and- if you want to hear... I can just tell everybody now, because Connor and I have had this discussion many times. So basically, this has been our problem all along, because I've told you guys I grew up Catholic. Now, I grew up Catholic in the sense that when my mother felt 
like my mother went every single Sunday when she was young. That's not how I grew up. I grew up maybe going every Sunday in a blue moon, honestly. We would do a lot of church picnics and stuff like that, so we'd still hang out in the community. So what I saw of Catholicism was very light, and I never saw anything wrong with that then. So I always told Connor, I want our kids baptized into Catholicism. I want that to be their religion, and I want them – I'm not even saying every Sunday – but I want to take them some Sundays because I feel like religion is something that people should have at least a taste of. That was always my stance on it. And that was always our fucking fight because I would be like, and I think you should go. I think that them going, well, why doesn't daddy have to go is eventually going to lead them to going, well, I don't want to go if daddy doesn't go and not actually thinking about why they don't want to go. Like, I don't care if they tell me that they don't want to go they they need to give me an actual reason other than just I'm feeling lazy and I want to sleep in bed longer. But I have since changed my tune on that because Connor has really, like, I'm really starting to understand. This is going to sound terrible. I was definitely indoctrinated into the ways of thinking along the lines of my mother. And that was something that we always did. My mother, you know, wanted us to be Catholic. So we went to church. We did these things. My kids will be Catholic because that's just how it's always been. My grandparents are like, that's how it's been for generations. I'm from Ireland. It's been forever. Okay. So that's how it's going to be. And then I start hearing from Connor and the reasons why. And one of the reasons why is because he always told me, he's like, okay, fine. I will seed and say that you can take them you can even baptize them and i will go to church occasionally but whenever they come back i will always talk to them about what they learned that day and what is actually real what the priest said versus what actually probably happened in the bible and that used to piss me off when i was younger and now i understand why because he used to always say that word indoctrinated and that is such a strong word for someone to say it it's so like it's such a slap almost like I'm not indoctrinated what are you talking about Mm -hmm. and then I look at it later and I'm like okay I get it because he's right the child doesn't understand they're just hearing stories which some man in purple robes is telling them is true and mom's taking them which means you know that's bringing some weight to it so it must be true so we've actually had that conversation and Connor was always going to take the stance of teaching them the other side of it like he was going to scientifically talk to them and treat them basically like individuals and adults yeah I mean I definitely had and we talked about this when we first started being friends you and I did and because I struggled with that too I was like I so I didn't have this traumatic upbringing in church and until I started kind of unraveling it as an adult and realizing some things that I really didn't gel with like when I started listening to other creators that were religious and now are not and started kind of really critically thinking of some of the things that I had been exposed to like some of the church camps and those weird behaviors and something called cry night that cry c-r-y space n-i-g-h-t and we've talked about like that's emotional manipulation when mm-hmm. you have all those kids just sobbing and being saved. Like they don't know what they're doing, you know, right. and hell house. Like we've talked about that horrible thing I had to experience and I don't want to get into it on this episode because we'll be talking forever. You can go mm-hmm. back and listen, you know, and find that. But 
you know, some of those things like were horrible and there were some good things too. Like when my dad was sick with cancer, who brought us all food and gift cards and it was the church and mm-hmm. gave us a $10,000 donation. It was the church, you know, so there are great things and there is community, but they're also like some, one of the things that's really hurt my mom and I, you know, she doesn't listen. None of her friends do either. These are, you know, but they, she felt really alienated because it was so clickish. And mm-hmm. I did too. And so there were a lot of things that were about that that were, you know, bad. And that's just kind of like a societal thing and it happens. And, and, the, but then there were also like the whole fear of hell. And like I used to walk around as a child and think that my thoughts were constantly spied on. And if I accidentally thought a curse word because I dropped something, that I would have to atone for that right. later. That's scary. Yeah. And, so I constantly just, you know, my mind was being read as what I thought. And I, it was just horrible things. And I, I don't, I thought that, you know, I wanted my kids to be in that. And I went back and forth. And now with my husband being similar to, you know, Connor, yours, and never being raised in church, he maybe said he'd been to a church maybe three times in his entire life. And that just wasn't important in his family, you know, mm-hmm. and he just didn't care. And I was like, but I was raised and I feel like that's just what you have to do because that's how I was raised. And I'm like, "Eh, like if they, like I was listening to this other atheist creator and she was like, yeah, I mean, I've taken my kids to vacation Bible school before because their friends wanted to go, but then we would have a discussion about it in the car, you know? Yes, exactly. And I think that's probably along the lines of what I will be doing if that much, because this might be a long episode. I'm now turning, changing my tune on Catholicism even though I told you guys I was raised like Catholic light like it was it was kind of there occasionally it was more like the fun and tradition of it that I really liked but now I'm an adult I'm 31 years old I'm living in the world and seeing things and hearing from people and I'm hearing things that are still a problem and it's trigger warning but it's the rape by priests and this is still a problem and I'm over it. How, how long does this have to be a problem before we're fixing it? And I was even going to give, I love Pope Francis. Like he is my man. I think the things that he, are, he is doing are absolutely amazing. And he is changing the church for the best. I, I do believe that. But the fact that this is still a problem and he hasn't really addressed it. He has tried to a little bit, but it was years ago. And this is still a thing. There are still masses said, today by priests saying that it is worse to have an abortion than to be a pedophile. I'm done. That is why I am done because this is ridiculous. We are in 2021 now. Grow the fuck up. Yeah. And not to mention things like purity culture. Like we won't get into all that right now, but that is so damaging. Yes. Sex is okay. (laughs) I promise. Exactly. To have your Pope tell you that finally gay marriage is okay, but you're not going to say anything about the poor little kids and adult women. I don't know if anybody has seen the documentary on Netflix called The Keepers. It is about teenage girls at a Catholic high school that were raped over and over and over again by the priest that was heading it. And he would even bring in local cops and things because he was a brother for one of the cops in fucking Baltimore, Maryland. So he got away with everything. 
that's the shit I'm done with. I am done with powerful men, often priests, getting away with this shit. I'm over it. And I, I refuse to ever let my kids in a room with somebody that might be like that. Right. And that's a whole thing, too, with, like, they think that they're close to godliness and that God gives them this excuse. And, you know, God can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. And everyone has their own version and religion. And a lot of these people make up the God that they are worshiping based on what they want to do. Do you know what I'm saying? And that's like a major problem for me and why exactly theism bothers me so much because they'll just make up the God that they can say well this says it's okay and they'll it just they'll just create what is they can excuse their behavior you know what i mean yeah, exactly like in this documentary they killed a nun who found out about this sex ring because she found out about it and they could no 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 Yep. And that's why I think a lot of people, it's kind of like they're, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. Well, yeah, we kind of laugh at that, but like that, I would, if, if I was ever dating again and somebody said that to me, I wouldn't laugh at them. I'd be like, okay, fair. You know, like, yes, exactly. I totally get it. Or like, I'm just not a fan of organized religion. Yeah. Same. Like, <laughs> right. Exactly. I feel you. Like, you know, I, I think that religion and politics again it's just one of those things that if I have friends and like I have friends that are religious I'm from fucking Texas (laughs) right you know I'm from the bible belt and that's another thing too is like I'm trying to be a little bit more open because you don't want to step on people's toes but also you want them to like live their best life (laughs) and I don't like seeing information that is also harmful so like I have friends that became like preachers and stuff that are spreading information that I think is harmful so like it's hard not well they're not really my friends anymore but like people that I really enjoyed in high school that were really like there's one girl in particular so sweet and she's a pastor's wife and she's just on Facebook and Instagram all the time posting all this bullshit that is so like shame like it shames women and girls and it's just like or just people in general for existing. And I, yeah. it just gets under my skin, you know? And so now I'm trying to, and I always have had a problem with confrontation. So I'm trying to be more open about my beliefs on like social media platforms to reach more people that I think could benefit from breaking away from those theistic beliefs. And I'm like, no, it's okay to be mm-hmm. who you are. It That's not... That's not reality. Right. Exactly. You are, if you believe that God doesn't make mistakes, but you're also gay, do you see the problem there? Right. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're okay. And that's not real. That shit's not real. Like, I'm not saying like you can't believe it in God, but you're, you're okay just the way you are. So anyways, we have a movie or something. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. I kind of religion nerd sniped you. I apologize. You know the way to my heart. (laughs) It's just like that. That's recently in like the last few years, especially since we've started the podcast, you know, and like started really talking about it and digging into some of these movies and stuff like that. Yeah. And as you get older too and become more independent from, and when you move away from your hometown. (laughs) 
Right. You get a little farther away from what your parents have been indoctrinated into. And you meet it's not for you. Yeah. You meet new people and make new friends that make you think differently than you used to. I think that's a big part of it too. It's a huge part of it. Like I've said before, I never considered myself feminist until I met you. And I was like, oh, she's a feminist. Ooh. And then, (laughs) you know, I really sit down and talk with Amanda and I'm like, I could think all those things too. So, okay. Yeah, that is fucked up. Yeah, we are (laughs) badass. It's just the connotation behind certain words are given exactly bad meanings because honestly, men give them bad meanings. Agreed. Yeah, but that's a, that's a separate. That's a separate that's a thing. <laughs> yeah, this is not about feminism at all. This is all about religion, which is why when I was watching this, I was like, oh god. <laughs> yes. So let's talk about the movie, shall we? No, we shall. We Half an hour in. You're welcome for that. <laughs> To put like a thing at the beginning, like skip to about 25 minutes if you want actual <laughs> movie talk. Right. They know us by now. They're like, get on with the fucking movie. Right. I don't know. I feel like some people have to listen to us for not movie, but. I feel like that's when I listen to podcasts, I kind of like when people get off and talk about themselves, but okay, whatever. Like at first when I started listening to podcasts, I was like, shut the fuck up. But right. then I'm like, okay, like I don't need like the whole plot walkthrough sometimes. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, who did what this weekend? Right. Right. So we have this nurse named Katie, and she failed to save the life of a patient, and now she believes in God. Blah, blah, blah. So now she is going to get away from, like, the hospital setting, and she's going to be a private nurse. In this case, she's a hospice nurse. So she's going to this woman's home, and she's a Roman Catholic. Now, I don't know about Catholicism, but like if you're a Protestant, you've got Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, well, you know, you got all this shit. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if like, I know like there's like Greek Catholic and some, oh, Orthodox the, and like, yeah, 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 there's the Orthodox and then there's the Roman Catholic. Yes. Which I am Roman Catholic from Ireland, like forever. So I'm assuming Roman Catholic is not quite as like extreme as like Orthodox Catholic. Correct. Now, actually, there is some debate. Wow, I'm so sorry, you guys. I'm a history nerd. There is some debate that actually the Orthodox one is more down to the roots because it kind of got into like this sect all by itself in Constantinople, which was the end of the Roman Empire, if anybody doesn't know, which would mean that's where all, you know, the Catholics went who took on Justinian, who was the emperor at the time. So they think that that's actually what Catholics used to be and that everything else evolved in Rome separately. Hmm, Interesting, interesting. Yeah. Thank you for the history lesson. (laughs) You are welcome. You're like, if I'm good for anything. (laughs) (laughs) I got history history facts for you. (laughs) So she's going to work as a private care nurse. And this is in England in a little seaside town. It's very cute kind of run down but in like a little nice I like I would retire there kind of way you know right or you know go into hospice care or go to die (laughs) right and she is there to take care of this woman named Amanda which is super fucking like I really don't like saying my own name does anybody else have that thing like I hate saying my name like it's not often but you know I call an insurance companies and sometimes a Kristen will pick up and like hi Kristen I'm Kristen so awkward it's whack I don't like it but she's caring for for you though because yours is way more common yeah like and it's also like 
I don't know. It just seems like one of those bimbo names, you know, <laughs> Amanda <laughs> or like, God, all through elementary school, people would sing me my the theme song from the Amanda show or they would do the Amanda. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> I just got made fun of a lot. OK, I'm sorry. It's fine. Amanda is a dancer and she's kind of like like this is how I would like. If I got a care nurse that was like this, this is how she would see me. Like, she sees her as this, like, heretic, basically. Like, she was a dancer and a choreographer. And she's terminally ill, so she has stage four lymphoma. She's in a wheelchair. She's, like, gonna kick it, like, really soon. And she is, like, pissed that she's sick. Amanda has lived this very vibrant life. She has been on stage and has owned her own dance company and has choreographed all these things. And, you know, a couple books. Yeah. Yeah. When music and art and dance is your life, even Maude says, like, so throughout this, she's talking to God and that's kind of your narration. Yes, which I really liked. That was cool. Yeah. And she even says like I don't understand these artistic types you know yes they're always so self-centered I was like interesting okay yeah judgy right and she comes to think that God has tasked her with saving the atheist Amanda's soul and I was like oh that's gonna be me some like I don't know if I'm gonna have kids it's looking like probably not but like this America first of all is run like a business and they make people think that you have to have kids for anybody to take care of you so I'm probably just going to end up in some whack nursing home or something (laughs) run by the state because I don't have kids to take care of me but like that's another conversation on its own that I have thoughts on but yeah (laughs) so some bitch is going to come in and be like this like demon needs God and that's kind of what happens here so Maud believes that she has been tasked with this major thing in her life. So in the beginning, she basically tells God she doesn't know what her purpose is, but he's saving her for something big. And then she's like, oh, this is it. This is my shit right here. You know, right. Because saving somebody's soul, that's like a big deal. You yes. Know? And it's all because she thinks that Amanda is starting to, you know, broaden her mind to maybe believing in religion like she sees her saint necklace and she starts talking to her about that and then there's one day when she's eating lunch and amanda brings her into like the drawing room to watch tv with her and eat lunch and she's praying and she turns off the tv and they pray together and it gets very like sexual orgasmic i don't know homegirl (laughs) orgasms to christ that's what it fucking looked like yes that's basically every single time she talks to god it is very orgasmic and then she's bringing in amanda and amanda's basically watching her and just kind of mimicking her and we think oh so she's believing in this too probably because she's close to the end and wants to take on religion which is you know our main girl thinks that too so she's like oh sweet she believes this I mean, that's if if I was ever going to like, this is what I struggle with. I like I'm going to vibe through life being like, I'll need this shit. And then I'm going to get like real sick or something and be like, I'm so sorry for everything. Like, please don't send me to hell, you know, because I'm going to chicken out and bitch out. But and that's trauma. But (laughs) right. You know, that that's religious trauma right there. 
that's why I have been super thankful that I made a new friend that's part of the Church of Satan because that shit's badass. Anyways. <laughs> so she is, you know, like she starts hearing it or like feeling this voice too. And this is when you start to like cross the line if you're like, hmm. She start you start to see this like weird like I felt very like, ah, oh, this is this is like religion I, she looks like she's like carrie's mom if carrie's mom was young you know yes that's how she yes, acts totally acts like that yeah yeah because like she hurts herself in the name of god she kneels down to pray and she pours out popcorn kernels and she kneels down on them and that's one of the first things she does so that's very mild now as somebody who is catholic this is even more intense to me because that is a special sect of Catholicism that are people that hurt hurt themselves like that. Like there's a point where she sticks all these tacks in a picture and then puts the picture in her shoe, tacks up, and then walks around with them. That is an actual thing that this sect of Catholicism, very, very tiny, does. That is exactly and actually we saw if anybody watched the reckoning with us, we saw a little bit of that when he our witch hunter guy is hitting himself on the back with those whips. That's the same thing. Those people came about actually with the Black Plague. But why? <laughs> to get yourself closer to God because because Jesus God's sadist? Masochist. Because Jesus suffered. Because uh, Jesus suffered. So you you can't exactly do the same exact things. You know, you could. That would be a stigmata that happens to you, but it's not like you're going to stick nails through the palm of your hands, but you can do other things to feel closer because of the pain. Creepy. Yeah, she's one of those freaks. Mm. And I was right. Sadist. God's a sadist. He likes watching people be in pain. So <laughs> did it to his own kid, you know. Right. For what? For what reason? I don't know. I mean, I know the reason. It just doesn't make sense to me, but. He suffered for all of our sins. You know, if you just didn't make... Oh, I'm sorry. You literally are God. You could just say, yes, people are imperfect because... Um, you made people imperfect. And then you said, y'all are fucked up and imperfect. And I'm going to make you suffer for it. You did that. <laughs> like you I'm sorry. Okay, 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 okay. I'm just, you know... But Jesus did say on the cross, you know, forgive them for they know not what they do. So maybe he was like, don't smite them all. Yeah, but like God's the one that created us, right? Right. And then he was like, mm, but fuck, like, fuck them. <laughs> I just, yeah, but it's not like he can actually control any of us. God, if he fucking could, this shit in Texas wouldn't have happened. But he could if he wanted to. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, God could in according to the christian bible could do anything he wanted at any time he just doesn't do it so i don't know yeah I that's mean, why i'm I, saying he's a sadist <laughs> i don't mean to like bring up aliens again because you all know i'm that crazy one but <laughs> aliens okay i still believe that they were here and then they were gone that's why he, god isn't here anymore to watch what we're doing to fix anything maybe he could i believe that maybe an alien came back, Jesus Christ, or actually, I'm really into Egypt, so if anybody wants to look it up, Akhenaten, pretty creepy, looks kind of like an alien and similar things. 
I believe, you know, maybe they sent a couple people afterwards to check on people, and then, you know, we killed them. So let's just leave them there to rot. Well, that's better, in my opinion, than worshipping the sadist god that could literally fix everything and just chooses to make children suffer from cancer. I don't know. I'm not worshipping that motherfucker. I'm sorry. Agreed. Agreed. (laughs) Fuck that guy. (laughs) Fuck that guy. Some Christian out there was like... (laughs) 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 My God. If my mother ever hears this, she's going to pass right out. (laughs) Somebody right now is on their computer like sending this to my mother like (laughs) your daughter anyway so she's hurting herself i to get closer to god which is what it looks like and what you can assume she doesn't really do it to punish herself because she's doing it as she's also being gratified through these divine tasks that she has and I'm not saying she doesn't do it throughout the film kind of to punish herself but you also see she lives her like shirt lifts up at some point and you can also see she's got cuts all along her torso yes lots of them so whether that was pre-religion or whatever she has a history of self-harming so it could have just carried over into her religious practice right because we do see her like she burns her hand on a stove and that doesn't seem to have any religious context to it so she probably is still just harming herself she's mentally ill Yes. That's, this whole movie is a piece on mental illness. Yes. Like, this is side-pieced religion. That's, like, what they're using to tell the story, which is interesting because they're using God to tell a story about re- mental illness. So, yes. use that information how you will. <laughs> <laughs> so, and the shots are really cool, and the director has a lot to do with this, but it's very A24. And Yes. Like how she's eventually she's like this. Amanda's an alcoholic and she gets to the point where she's like pouring out her alcohol and you're hearing her prayer talking about how she's destined to save a soul. And she's like washing her hands and doing things like that. And the shots are very, very cool. I've just really liked them. Agreed. It was very, very artsy shots, but they were really good. Also, Amanda is having gay sex, which is just unacceptable. Yes, but she does make a point of saying it's not the gay sex part of it that's the problem. It's the any sex that's the problem. It's the fact that she is not giving herself over to God right now. She's giving herself over to this other woman. And she's paying for it. So that's also like... Also that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Look, I'd be, honestly, if I was her, I'd be like, look, I have a few months left or something. I'm going to do what I want. (laughs) Right. If this is who I want to fuck and they're willing to fuck me, that's what I'm going to do. And I like, you can take your judge. You, I hired you. You can take your judgy ass elsewhere. Agreed. Which she does basically get to, but it's really unfortunate because she does embarrass this poor girl at the same time while finally confronting her because Maud tells this this hooker that she's paying to come sleep with her, sleep with Amanda she tells her basically to go away because she needs to focus on you know Jesus right now and God and religion and she shouldn't be focusing on her and she thinks that this woman listens and I'm like wow you are naive this woman instead calls Amanda and tells her what happened. And then Amanda plans a party and embarrasses Maud by literally saying to everybody what Maud did. 
that's kind of fucked up. And then her friends, like, put the sheet on her and make her look like a saint and shit. And it's like, really? You guys are in your 50s, 60s? Grow the fuck up. It's not funny. Okay. I'm going to sound like a big fat hypocrite. It's not funny to make fun of religious people. Okay. Listen. (laughs) Listen. To their faces. I wouldn't make fun of anything that comforts people. Okay. Like I think that as long as you're not hurting anyone, you're fine. The problem is religion hurts people. And if you're keeping that shit to yourself, then fine. But, and that's why I think that this was out of line because obviously what they did, because like, you know, and she does cross the line. She tells her to leave her, leave Amanda alone. She tells her she's got big things to deal with. She needs to focus. Bitch, okay. She's dying. That's all she has right now, first of all. And then she goes and draws crosses with holy water all around the house. She loves being a savior. Loves it. Yes. Amanda literally calls her her savior, buys her a book, writes to my savior on the inside of it. Like, and she gets so anxious. And this is when you really know the difference between her religion and her mental illness because she gets really anxious when Amanda gets a phone call because she thinks that it is the friend or the basically her sex, you know, they're mm-hmm. kind of friends too, though. Like, right. she's, like she invites her to a party. What hooker would just show up at a party? Yeah. So like she's side, like paying her for sex on the side, but also they're friends. But she gets so anxious that that's what they're talking about. That's when she burns herself on the stove. So that wasn't religion. That was anxiety. Right. Relatable content. But anyways. <laughs> Not anymore. I'm clean. But (laughs) and so that's when you really know that this is mental illness. This is not religion. And she's just using, you know, that as like also a coping skill because she's not in treatment. Right. So she burned herself on the stove and then the birthday party scene happens. And Amanda says, I don't know if she's a bigot or what. And that's when Maude turns around to know she's being talked about. And that's when that whole humiliation scene happens yeah which is so fucked up you could have left it at that like she heard you you knew she heard you let her walk away but then Maude slaps the fuck out of her oh my god yes and i was like oh and so she gets fired and then she has to go back to her like tiny little apartment that's got like a cabinet a fridge a bed that's about it and a roach Hmm. one tiny roach yeah tiny well you know like one of those big ones like the water bug kind if you're in texas you know what i mean gross (laughs) (laughs) and she talks to god again and her voice changes too so the whole time she's had this very calm praying voice and it's been actually very soothing even for the film to you as the viewer Mm -hmm. and she tells god if this is how you treat your most loyal subject i shudder to think how you treat those who shun you and then she just goes off the rails okay Oh, yeah. She completely is like, okay, well, fuck all this. She goes to this diner. She looks at this dude and they give each other eyes. And then the next scene, she's given a handjob in the bathroom. Not even the bathroom. In, like, the hallway. Or the hallway. Yeah. Girl. Yeah. And then she runs into another dude and he makes some, like, sly comment on basically he'll have to, you know, she'll have to pay him for that because she, like, knocks over his drink or some bullshit. And then they're just having sex in his fucking apartment. And she's being very forceful about it. And then she freaks the fuck out because she 
is like hallucinating and she sees a rib like she's giving him compressions like yeah. starting to start his heart or whatever like this patient we're assuming that died on her watch before and she's doing that and then all of a sudden like her hands go through his chest and she like screams like jumps off of him freaks the fuck out and he starts to calm her down and you think yeah this is cool no 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 he just wants to finish things yeah and he does why the fuck like are you serious she just screamed and freaked out how are you even hard at that point i'd be panicking well you're not a man that needs to finish Kristen. so Mm, that's fair that's fair yeah and what was really sad even before that is she is like looking at this group of friends and they're laughing and she just starts laughing with them even though she's not part of it so there's a big part of her that just wants to be normal you yes. know yes but so creepy for those poor people i know <laughs> i'm like do you need something <laughs> and then she sees she starts seeing things like all the beer glasses start swirling like there's t- little tiny cyclones inside them so she's also hallucinating and so then that happens so she's like had all this sex and done all this stuff and got carried away And it's really sad, but she goes home and she pleads with God. She says that she changes her life and did everything right, but everything is still fucked. And then she projectile vomits. There are fireworks outside. And now it looks like she's basically becoming possessed. She levitates in midair. And then the next day, everything is great again. She's changed. She cleans up her apartment. It's all bright and sunny. And then her calm narration praying voice comes back. This is when she puts puts the push pins in the bottom of her shoes and it looks like through the Virgin Mary's photo and she wears them when she walks. And then we get a voice and that voice scared the fuck out of me when it came. And that is such a creepy ass voice, man. And it's supposed to be mm-hmm. God or something. Yes. And it's speaking, it's definitely speaking a different language. So I don't know. Enochian is supposed to be the language of the angels and stuff. Maybe it's that. Yeah. It's basically telling her, you know what you have to do. So she starts making all this weird shit in her apartment. And you're not quite sure. You kind of see some like chemicals spread out. And you're like, what the fuck? So she goes to Amanda's house and tell, you know, she's like, I'm here to save you. And you're like, oh, you're going to fucking kill her. (laughs) Right. Because she's got this big final mission, right? Yes. And she goes dressed in basically a shawl and has rosary beads. So she looks like a saint or, you know, like a a mother nun, essentially. Yes. She dresses up exactly like you would see in holy pictures. Super creepy. Yeah. And she goes to the house and she finds Amanda in bed and she's gotten a lot worse. She's on oxygen now, whereas before she wasn't on oxygen all the time and she's very weak. She's knocking on death's door more than she was. And Amanda asks forgiveness for mocking her faith and Maude basically, you know, talks to her and reminds her of the time that, you know, they were both experiencing God. And Amanda's like, I faked that, (laughs) you know, like, right. And she says, God's not real. Like, she's just like proclaiming that, like, it's all fake, you know, and it's, it's sad, but also like she's like god isn't real and then amanda turns into a fucking demon that was spook like this whole time it hasn't really felt like a horror movie it's felt like more of like a like a piece yeah yes but this was spooky as fuck oh yeah this is like you wait until the end and then it is just fucked up upon fucked up upon fucked up 
and it happened so like I was just vibing you know like oh we're getting fucked up she's about to get killed right. and then boom I was like <gasps> demon right Amanda turns into a fucking demon but this is all happening in Maude's head yes she's hallucinating this shit it was spooky though and she just starts stabbing the fuck out of this demon after he's like telling her that you know she doesn't have enough faith and she's you know lonely and doesn't really believe in god and all this shit and then she just you know she has to kill the demon that's telling her this shit and she just stabs her with a pair of scissors over and over and over again and then gets her one in the neck and then amanda's laying there dead and the demon's gone and then she says glory to god yes and she's covered in blood all over her face and stuff and she just walks out of there like her arms raised like a religious experience yeah so then she goes to this beach where there's a shit ton of people in the middle of the day and before she does that though she's in her apartment and you see these like angel wings imposed on her Mm-hmm. And she goes to the beach and she stands in the middle of all these people and she douses herself with her homemade lighter fluid and she sets herself on fire. But what the scene is actually looking like is that she is basically ascending into heaven as a saint. But then right before the movie ends, there's a really quick flash of her just actually screaming and burning. And it is so good. Yes. I I talk to you guys all the time about how an ending can, you know, make or break your movie this ending major movie good fucking job yes and that it was written so well and like this movie was not slow like it it's a it's not a, a super like exciting movie there's not a ton of action but it is so well paced and so eerie yes i mean when she gets kicked out of amanda's apartment before slapping her she you are halfway through the film at that point and you're like okay well now what the fuck she gonna do it was very well paced yeah and it's you know that she is just on a downward spiral the whole time and you know that even though she's this like delicate flower of a person she is dangerous yes because we never even get back around to what happened to the first patient that died she killed we don't know it's all alluded to nobody actually flat out says it so then she's even scarier because you don't know what she's capable of yeah or why that happened it seems like she does have some trauma around it so maybe it genuinely was an accident but like she meets another nurse that was like her friend at some point that she doesn't really want to associate with anymore and that nurse is even like weirded out that she's still nursing like yeah they're like do they know yeah yeah super super weird what the fuck happened yeah i i i don't know man like it's it's really well done and it is definitely a commentary on mental illness because it's really weird because how can you distinguish between what is somebody really talking to god and somebody that is mentally ill and what's really interesting is we usually see this on the flip side of someone being possessed by a demon but what about somebody being possessed by god exactly that was so interesting because like i said from the trailer you see that she's being possessed i'm like it's a demon movie and then it flips it and is it is that a demon Mm no weird yep because like typically when somebody says god is talking to me they're a saint but if she were to say it was a demon they're possessed we got to get that shit out but when it's god it's a completely different story but is it it's because immediately when somebody's possessed by a demon, we're like, oh, well, they're 
they're crazy or they're mentally ill or whatever. But in this case, like if she were to say that to a bunch of people, they'd be like, oh, you're you're gifted or you've been chosen or all this stuff. It's not different. Right. It it's I mean, this same story, basically, I mean, not totally, but basically is Joan of Arc. Like she heard from God. She heard the word of God. She talked to him and then historians and archaeologists and anthropologists later on have figured out she probably had a brain tumor she wasn't talking to god and people burned her alive that and like you know joseph smith in the book of mormon he said he's talking to god he's just a fucking liar right so you know and i'm not saying she was lying she was just genuinely mentally ill and we you see that from her self-harming tendencies and stuff like that like it's just such an interesting introspective look at that kind of behavior. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And obviously this is extreme, but for if you look into evangelical, like really evangelical Christianity, a lot of it is exaggeration and lying for control and power, but some of it could be this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I really like this, especially with all the commentary and the, you know, subject matter really gets me. And it's A24, which I just, I'm not biased because I have no stake in the matter. I just really, it's just my style. So five out of five. Yeah, agreed. I am like touch and go with some A24 films. I'm not a total convert, but this one, like I said, I I think an ending can make or break. And I think the ending fucking killed it. And I love the narration along with it watch this movie five out of five is great so we obviously thought it was really good so on rotten tomatoes which is obviously i know it's not like you know the authority we're the authority but 100 plus audience scores at 69 percent and 153 critic scores which is pretty that's typical of critic scores and the number there at 93 percent damn so I think with the audience, it may not have had enough action and scares. So I could see it running kind of at a 69%, but that's still good for an audience score, especially when audience, audience reviews, a hundred plus is all it says. So it's not okay. in the thousands yet, but it just released. So exactly. Yeah. So there's not a ton of scare mo- moments and I definitely see that being a drawback for general audiences, not to discount their intelligence at all, but if you're going in for a horror movie, you know, like for example, these are audience so, like commentary. This is not critic. Everything about this movie is rotten, pointless, senseless, and stupid. I, I just think you didn't get it, to be honest. Right. Weird, really weird. Only some parts were good, and I bet the par- parts they thought were good were the jumpy, scary parts. So, no storyline and embarrassing film. Don't think you get it. So I, you know what I mean. Yeah. So are you guys like teenagers expecting? I don't know what was la- one last year countdown or something like that. Is that what you're expecting? Bye bye man. That's not what this was about. This is a psychological horror film. Right. And I think you know a lot of. I think when it comes out more and it starts to be viewed more widely, we'll have to watch that score because I bet it goes up. Like yeah. I would, I would go review it. Right. I need to start doing that a little bit more as just an audience member, but. Yeah, I think that it genuinely will get higher as more people watch it. But yeah, five out of five for me, easy. Definitely. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us for this review of St. Maud and for listening to our tangents. They happen, I know. We are so sorry. 
you know, it'd be like that sometimes. <laughs> you can hang out with us on all of our socials, Facebook and Instagram or the Extra Sisters podcast. Twitter is at the Extra Sisters. And if you would like to join our little Patreon family, you can get, of course, extra content, suggest movies and all that fun stuff over on Patreon.com slash the Extra Sisters podcast. And until next time, stay creepy.